This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Center ice, it's Connor McDavid. He's got Darrell Walker, and he's got some room down the sidelines. McDavid to Everly, dishes off. What time? To the 30, 20, 10, 5, score! Touchdown, Eskimos! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. I was really confident this was going to be the most entertaining thing on the airwaves today. And then Donald Trump had his news conference. Oh, well, I'm going to try to finish a healthy second. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630. Ched, it is 6.07 in the p.m. And the Edmonton Oilers were busy today. A lot going on with the team and at Rogers Place with the New Jersey Devils practicing Taylor Hall back in Edmonton as a devil. Of course, Oilers and NJ tomorrow on 630. Ched, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. Here Here's what the Oilers did moves-wise, and the most significant one, or at least the probably the one you'll be most interested in, happening just a couple of hours ago, Laurent Brassois called up from the Bakersfield Condors and Jonas Gustafsson, who has struggled with the Oilers this season in the sparing appearances he has made, sent down to the Bakersfield Condors. Brassois, 23 years old, 21 games in Baco this year. He's 9-8-3, 9-0-8 save percentage, two shutouts. He's played in six career games with the Oilers over the last two years, still looking for his first victory. So there you go, Brassois up to be the backup goaltender. The next time the Oilers play a back-to-back is next Friday and Saturday when they close out their six-game homestand against the Predators, and then they visit the Flames on Saturday the 21st. You'd think Talbot would play in Calgary, so I wonder if January 20th will be Brassois' first start in the NHL this season. Also, forward Jujar Kara called up from Bakersfield. 24 games this year. He has 18 points. Anton Lander going back down to Bakersfield head coach Todd McClellan also saying today that he expects Anton Slepeshev and Brandon Davidson to get back into the lineup tomorrow. I would certainly think on uh, defense that Eric Griba would come out, and it's uh, easy to see. Uh, obviously, Slepeshev going in, Lander won't be in around anymore, so maybe uh, maybe Kara's an extra forward tomorrow. We'll see when they get to the morning skate. So those are uh, your important Oilers news and notes from the day. You can call 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. And the email, if anybody still sends those, inside sports at 630ched.com. So the Oilers practice this morning. And uh, then a lot of us sticking around for the Devils practice. And they had quite a day yesterday. 
They were uh, ready to leave on their charter. Another uh, a vehicle backed into their plane and did some damage to it, so they had to wait for a new plane to be flown in. So they sat there in the plane on the runway for uh, four to five hours, then made the trip to Edmonton. So they got in about five hours late last night, but uh, they are here. They did practice today in Taylor Hall back in town and of course asked to reflect on his time as an oiler you know in saying all this stuff to you guys it's not like we we had stanley cup parades here in edmonton it, there were a lot of losing a lot of dark times um but through all those dark times i really enjoyed my time here so that's you know that's why it means a lot um you know rexall place was you know it was a really fun place to play i always enjoyed um you know playing in front of fans in front of a sold out building you know every night that was a that was a great experience to start my career all right, Hall with New Jersey this season, 25 points in 32 games. The Devils are struggling. They are 27th in the league with 40 points. They only have four wins in their last 17 games. But you talk to people around the Devils, they definitely say Hall has been playing well and, and con- continues to create a lot of offense for the team. And we saw him do that Saturday night in the Oilers' 2-1 overtime victory. You know, Hall didn't have too much to say about Rogers' place today. There's there's no connection there for him. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't an Oiler, obviously, ever while they were playing in that building. So it's not as if he was walking into familiar territory and thinking, oh, I remember that, that, and that when that happened here. Brand new building for the Oilers this season. But he did uh, did comment on the expected fan reaction tomorrow night. I think that I'll get a good applause uh, coming back here. And, and uh, you know, in the past when guys have come back and played, they've, they've always been gracious to them. And I don't think it'll be any different. That's the kind of fan base and, and fans that and people that are here in, in Edmonton. But, uh I'm glad that I got the first game out of the way in, in New Jersey. That was that was really weird, even though it was in my home rink, um, just having to play those guys that I've played with for so long. Um, so I think that that made that makes it a lot easier. But you know, coming back and seeing you know even all the media and and uh, seeing the city is is different. But I'm getting over it. Well, I'm sure there will be a very positive reaction to Hall yesterday. Usually, what happens is first TV timeout. There's a video for the returning player, and no doubt Hall's highlights with the Oilers were significant, so we'll see some of those. It's clearly a uh, trade that still is talked about and I think will be for a long time. And and I've always felt that the, the younger you are, and, and I and I hate to be this general, and, and you can call me out on it if you want, but I, I, I again, I'm just making a generalization here. I've always felt that the younger the fan, the Oilers fan, the the angrier they are or were about the Taylor Hall trade. Because I, th- quite frankly, I, I think the older you get, you still remain passionate about sports, but maybe you become a little less... Um, you know, you, you don't you don't get quite as wild with your reactions, and 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 you understand that you're kind of helpless when you're cheering for your favorite team and, and watching them do things on and off the the playing surface. And, and I and I felt and, and look and the Oilers did this to Hall. I'm not the Oilers did this. I mean, they marketed Hall from before he was even drafted as the number one pick for that year, whether it was going to be Hall or Sagan, as the guy who was going to lead the turnaround. And I, I always have sort of felt that the generation of fans who weren't alive in the 1980s, and, and really who might have been too young to even see a couple of the playoff upsets in the 1990s, that's drifting pretty far into the past now as well, that Taylor Hall was your guy. 
and you'd heard the stories from your dad or your grandpa or your uncle or older co-workers or whoever about the stars of the 80s and the plucky upset teams of the 90s, and you're sitting there as maybe someone in your late teens or early 20s and saying, wait a minute, I have virtually no positive memories of the Edmonton Oilers doing anything in the playoffs or even making the playoffs. And I think for a lot of those people, uh, Taylor Hall was, was your guy. That was that was the guy who was going to lead the turnaround, and I think maybe for some people they 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 felt a little, I don't know if betrayed is the right word, maybe a little bit betrayed, maybe a little bit duped, maybe just hugely disappointed when he was the one big piece that got traded out six and a half months ago. So I I, I found that very interesting. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is our phone number. I, I am definitely sure that there will be a extremely uh, respectful and enthusiastic ovation for Taylor Hall tomorrow. Now, after that, I'm sure he'll get uh, booed and razzed a little bit because I know you as Oilers fans, once you recognize the individuals back in town and what he did here, then you cheer for the current addition of the team. Jared Seinfeld on the road, on the phone here. Jared, how's it going? Good, Reed. How are you? Doing well. You know, and I was just, you know, when the the Hall trade happened and as time goes by, you... You know, you, you change your opinion a little bit and, and what you see. But I often wonder, let's say the Oilers wouldn't have traded Hall and they would have picked up the few defensemen or maybe signed somebody else and they would have still got Lucic. I can honestly say I think they'd be a better team because of the fact that I do think they were kind of turning the corner and if McDavid would have been the captain. Could you imagine if they had Taylor Hall in the lineup with Lucic and then maybe... You know, they have all these good young defensemen. If, if uh, Shirley could have just picked up somebody else that was half decent, I think they would be a lot better than if they would have than if they uh, before if they wouldn't have made that trade. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, the what if debate is is pretty interesting. I just know this: they they needed they needed better defensemen because they were they have been horrific in their own end for years. And now they're in the top 12 in both goals for and goals against. Um, I mean, look, Taylor Hall's a very good player. I, I don't argue that at all, but I understand why Shirelli made the move. It's hard for me to say definitely, Jared, that they would be better with Hall in the lineup because I think if they didn't have Larson and they didn't have Russell, they'd be running around in their own end a lot again. Yeah, I see. But I mean, with the way Talbot's playing and... And, you know, they didn't have, uh, uh, if they would have just picked up Russell and with Talbot getting better and Lucic, I think there would have been, uh, I still think there would have been possibly a greater improvement. At the time, I didn't think so. But, you know, as I watch Adam Larson, he's a very solid defenseman. But in, this, in the same token is, is that he probably could have, surely probably could have picked up somebody else that would have not been comparative but slightly comparative and I think that they would have had a little more uh, a little more powering of forwards and it takes a lot of heat off the defenseman but I guess everything kind of accumulates together and it's very hard to just isolate one thing or one reason well you but probably you probably could go down the what if road and say maybe they sign Lucic and Demers but then maybe because of the salary structure, they would have had to trade Everly, and they probably wouldn't have got for Everly what fans thought they should have either, right? Yeah, so. it's interesting, though, but I, at the end of the day, I, I do think they would have been further ahead because, you know, when I watched the New Jersey game the other night, 
he's still... Um, oh, he's very good. I mean, there's nothing's changed, yeah. To me, he's the best pure skater in the NHL. Like, he's just forecheck, backcheck. He's just tireless. And his skating ability is so so remarkable in every fashion. It, it's actually... Uh, when I watched him, he kind of wound it up a few times, and it's like... It's hard to believe that we did trade that guy, right? Like, well, with all of his talent. But if the move's got to be made, it's got to be made, I guess. Jared, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Take it easy. All right, we got Chris, James, and Steve on the phone lines, but I got to take a quick timeout. By the way, it's already 3 2 Montreal leading Winnipeg late in the first period. We'll update the scores, too. You're listening to Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. I tried to get Jane Fonda on the show, and her people said, Oh, you want to talk about her visit to Fort McMurray? I said, no, I want to ask her what it was like to be in Barbarella. And they said, no, you can't talk to her. So I tried. Uh, The Big L responding to my uh, Donald Trump comment off the top of the show. He says, come on, Reed, your show is going to be incredible. It'll be hugely popular. Only inside sports can make radio sports talk shows great again. The Big L adds, hope Hall gets a hat trick tomorrow and Maroon gets four to win it. Uh, Justin says, uh, hey, Reed, I'm 32. Me and my friends love the Hall trade. Fair comment. I was I was generalizing. Uh, Jeff says, Reed, if you lived through the Gretzky trade, no trade gets you that upset anymore. Well, Jeff, that is uh, a very astute point. I, I think I, well, I think whether you're an Oilers fan or not, once you saw Wayne Gretzky get traded, you're kind of like, okay, everything's on the table now. I'm never going to be surprised about anything that I see nowadays. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. James on the line. Hey, James. Hey, Reed. Uh, um, Gretzky trade? No, it was a sale. But anyways, we won't get <laughs> into right. that. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I just want to talk about the moves that uh, the team made today. Um, mm-hmm. It was a no-brainer with uh, Gustafson going uh, for Bossois. But I think uh, with a four-day break and then the All-Star break, um, it's possible that uh, Brossois might get in, say, against Arizona or Florida. It might not be until that back-to-back, just to give uh, Talbot a little bit more of a break. Yeah, I guess it might depend how these next two games go as well, right? I mean, maybe if you beat the Devils and the Flames, maybe you could put Brossois in there against Arizona. Yeah, and and Lander for and uh, Lander going down and Dujara Kara coming up. What I really like about this move is uh, with. Uh, Pull Yarvey down there. Um, Lander goes down. He's you know a, a one or two top centerman in the A because he lights it up in the A, and there's some uh, familiarity for uh, Pooley Yarvey, and uh, it'll probably uh, help Pooley Yarvey having uh, Lander down there. So uh, I, I really like that move. That well, adds more physicality, I think. Yeah, and I think he's faster than Lander as well. Like, and that you make a really good point. I think Lander will play with Pooley Yarvey and and hopefully get him the puck. Because Pugliarvi just needs to play, he needs to shoot, and then he needs to be here next year and jump onto a line with, you know, Leon or, or McDavid, right? But that's a really good call. I think Lander will play with Pugliarvi. Yeah, I need um, um, yeah, Pugliarvi confidence is the word that comes to mind. <laughs> yeah, for sure, buddy. All right, All right thanks, thanks, Reed. thanks for calling. 780-496-0063. How about this? We have Chris from Phoenix on the line. Hello, Chris. Hey, man, I, uh, I agree with you on a lot of your points, and... Uh, I think I've been listening to Inside Sports for the past 10 years, and if anything, us Oilers fans are so fickle, it's not even funny. Like, I remember uh, on a nightly basis, uh, people complaining about Hall when he was on the Oilers 
can't do this, he doesn't do that, why does he do that? And then he gets traded, and all of a sudden, like, we're all Hall fans now. It's like, oh, why did he get traded? Um, yes, when you've lived through the Gretzky trade and the nail in the coffin, the Mark Messier trade, no, no trade in the NHL to me is, is unthinkable and, and surprising. Um, and as far as, you know, just look at how we played last year. Look at how we played for the past, I'd say, six or seven years. It was a tire fire sale in, in our in our zone. It was a tire fire sale in the offensive zone. We we had no structure for the longest time, other than maybe you know that half a season with uh, with Kruger. Uh, it, it, it's been horrible. And he tried last year to, to get Hamilton, and he got uh, he got jobbed out of that deal because of Boston. And then he made a knee jerk knee jerk reaction to get uh, Reinhardt, uh, which you know might pan out, might not. You know you you, you have to gamble here and there. And uh, he trades away Hall for Larson. And uh, I think we've been pretty solid this year. Yeah, minus uh, two or three games here. Yeah, yesterday's game was pretty bad. You know, we seem to kind of not show up on, uh, on certain days. But for the most part, we've been in every single game. We've been in, in, in most of the games that we've either won or lost. It could have went either way. We play a sounder game in our own end. Um, we, we play better in the offensive end. There's more structure to our game. So, you know... Would we be better with Hall? Who knows? You never know what would have happened. Nobody knows if we would have went after Russell. We sure as, as heck would have not uh, got uh, Lucic. And, uh, you know, we, we were spinning our tires. Yes, we, we all miss Hall, and he was a great player. Hell, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario. He played for my Windsor Spitfires. You know, I love the guy. But in the end, we're a much better team right now, and, and we'll see where this team ends up at the end of the year. If we're in the playoffs, I think all the, all the uh, naysayers are probably just uh, – Stop the fighting, hopefully. Well, uh, bottom, bottom, bottom line, yeah, is if the team's better, then, then you tend to overlook the individual moves. Chris, good to hear from you. Thanks, man. All right, that's Chris. Steve, I know you're up next on the line and you've been holding for a bit, but I'm, I'm tight to the break, so I'm going to bring you in after so I give you more time. I'll just wrap up this half hour with some texts here. Uh, Brad says, Reed, the Larson trade was won by the Oilers. I'd trade a top 4D for a defensively challenged winger all day long. That is a text from Brad. Sean says, Reed, trading Hall was tough, but we have a ton of potential offense. We need defense, and we got it with Adam Larson. I truly believe the trade will work. And then Sean says, P.S., must keep Maroon. How's that for insight? Well, I think Maroon's going to be here for sure. Definitely they're going to protect protect him in the draft. Um, Marcel says, ultimately we're in 11th or 12th place right now, not 29th. Yeah, the order is 10th overall right now. Uh, where's my other one here? Uh, Pat, uh, oh, this texture said, or Lloyd says, would love to see Maroon get his next hat trick and we start calling him Hat Trick Patrick. I think some people already started calling him that. And uh, Jim says, first-time texter, can you please tell me why the media give people like Jane Fonda the time of day? If no one talked about her, maybe the rest would stay away. Have you seen Barbarella, Jim? It's a classic. <laughs> ah. Sorry, Jim, you're, just, you're asking the wrong person that, that question. Should not ask a sarcastic sports show host why the media is covering Jane Fonda. Because my answer will always be Barbarella. Steve is up next on the open line, and uh, Kelly Rudy is going to join us in the next half hour as well. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad.
big day today. We had the Donald Trump combative news conference. We had the star of Barbarella in Alberta. And McDonald's is going all day breakfast. <laughs> like the Oilers are going to have to win 12 nothing tomorrow for it to be a better day than today. Alex Ovechkin has career point number 1,000. He scored a goal for the Capitals against the Penguins. Only goal of the game. one nothing Washington in the first period. Canadians lead the Jets 3-2 after one. Panthers up 2-1 on the Islanders late in the second. Sharks and Flames still to come tonight. Kelly Rudy covering that game, and uh, he's going to join us later on this half hour. I want to thank Steve for hanging on through the news. Steve, I didn't want to cut you short there, buddy, so thanks for waiting. It's okay. Lots of, I have so much patience. Talk about Oilers. It's all good, Reed. Okay. I just have a couple things to say. Okay. I, I love Taylor Hall. I loved him. I loved him so much. I have pictures in my house still of him. But the thing is, as exciting as he was to watch, uh, he was a very, he scored off the rush. All the time he scored off the rush. That's where he, because he's fast, that's where he scored. He wasn't that exceptional at cycling and down low. Why wasn't that very good on the power play? He did actually very kind of mediocre on the power play. It was shown last year. Can't score on the power play, but he scores off the rush. Well, in today's NHL, with goalies and equipment as they are and as good as they are, it's not like the 80s where you can just go through the blue line and you can just slam it in and you can score. You have to do more. You have to be a little bit craftier. You have to play a little bit dirtier. Why Maroon and McDavid and Drysaddle are so good. They circle it around. They kind of swarm like bees and get that puck on net, and they can score. You look at how Hall and them played for the past how many seasons. Even Aiken said, this isn't an offensive team. This isn't an offensive team. We had offensive pieces. Why wasn't it an offensive team? Toronto has offensive pieces now, and they score a ton. And they have crappy defense like we did, so why are they scoring? Because they do it in different ways. Hall hasn't resurrected the New Jersey offense. I get it. He doesn't have a ton of help. But it's not like he's lighting the world on fire. Not like he's getting 100 points. Not even 90 points. Not even a point per game. And I get he's been hurt. But still, he was a good, exciting player, but not the player that we needed to win. Adam Larson has been a great defenseman for the Oilers. And anyone else that says any otherwise isn't watching the games. Thank you, Reed. I love your show. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you calling. Very well thought out points there. It is 636 Inside Sports on 630. Chet, it, uh, like I said, the trade is going to be debated for a long time. Look, Hall or not, I think everybody wanted the team to be be better. And, you know, I'm, I'm the type of guy, and I can only speak for myself, probably some people are going to be like, yeah, Reed, I know exactly what you're talking about, and some other people are probably going to think I'm crazy. I'm the type of guy, when I cheer for a team, I cheer for that team. Uh, you know, I was talking to Quinn Phillips from Global at uh, Oilers practice. They were talking in, in, in between the Oilers and Devils practices. And we started talking about the NFL playoffs. And uh, she said to me, who's your favorite team? And I said, well, the Seahawks. And she said, yeah, I hate the Seahawks. And I said, well, you know, probably if I hadn't started cheering for Seattle. It was 2004. I finally just kind of finally had a favorite NFL team. I never really had one. And I said, yeah, you're right. If I didn't if I didn't already cheer for the Seahawks, I would probably hate them. I would probably hate Richard Sherman and Pete Carroll and Marshawn Lynch when he played. <laughs> but, but you know, so I kind of like the Seahawks, so uh, I cheer for them. Uh, I mean, I cheered for the uh, Eskimos even when uh, Eric Tillman traded Ricky Ray. 
I still kept cheering for the team, right? So <laughs> they've now they've 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 gotten better after that era. So I just I know it disappointed a lot of people, and I kind of broke my heart the other night after the New Jersey game. We had a caller on hold. I can't remember the name, but Rob and I brought the caller on, and I was like, "Oh, hi, Jack." And there was a gentleman on the line. He said, hold on, I'll get Jack. And he handed the phone to a kid, probably his son. And the son said, is Taylor Hall going to come play for the Oilers again? (laughs) So now I'm thinking to myself, all right, am I just honest or do I, or, or do I not make the kid feel bad? So I chose to be honest. And I said, no, he's, he's not going to play for the Oilers again. I don't think New Jersey's going to give him up. And I, I love the kid's response because this is probably how I would have thought. He was probably six, maybe a little older. This is probably how I would have thought. And he goes, well, what if, what if they, New Jersey traded him to another team and then that team traded him to Edmonton? <laughs> and I'm like, my heart's breaking for this kid because he just wanted, he just wants Taylor Hall on his favorite team. And I, and I understand that. And sports has a tendency to turn us all into eight-year-old kids, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, he's back. Like I said, I know he's going to get a great ovation. He's He remains one of the best left-wingers in the league. But, you know, the Oilers roster this year works better. Jared called in the last hour and said that they would have been fine with Hall and not Larson if they still would have signed. I mean, you can, you can what-if yourself to death. The Oilers this year have finally taken a step forward. The roster is balanced better. They're certainly not a great defensive team, but they're much better than they have been in a long time. I think Talbot leads the way there, but they're also more proficient at checking in their own end and getting the puck out. Now, the next step they have to take is to be able to stand in there against the heavyweights in the league because Columbus worked them over and, quite frankly, San Jose worked them over for most of the game last night. I give the Oilers credit for fighting back. Absolutely, they made it tense. They had a lot of chances in the third. They did not bring that in the first period. And like I said last week against Columbus, plus they were getting beat. They were getting beat by a a more detailed, polished, quicker, smarter team that is able to execute at that level uh, more consistently. So... That that's the next step for the Oilers. I think part of it is is experience. Guys like, well, we all know the young guys. Nurse, who's hurt, but Nurse McDavid, Drysital. They'll they'll all get more experience. They'll get more polished. They'll get more used to playing that style. They'll get more used to be being consistent. And I think part of it is the roster. And and I you know there's still probably a couple D and three or four forwards away from really stepping up to be a contending team. Now all those changes aren't going to uh to happen overnight, but I think Shirelli can take more steps over, you know, in 2017 if you look at the summer where probably most of the big things will happen. So anyway, that's that's how I look at that situation. Uh 7804960063. Brian is on the phone. Hello Brian. Hello Reed. What's up? How about Taylor Hall and the Oilers. Okay. I'm just curious on my mobile app when I go to the Oilers uh, uh, website, it's a picture of Taylor Hall. Oh, really? Do they not have Do they not have current pictures of maybe another Oiler, any other Oiler that they could put on there? Okay, what if, uh, I'm going to go on the mobile app right now. What are you seeing? Um, you see a picture of Taylor Hall kind of coming towards you with the puck on his stick. 
Uh, okay, that's weird. I would have thought that they would have re-imaged uh, everything. You would have thought. Yeah, you would think. Now, on my app, I get... Have you updated to the new app? Because I don't get that. Well, maybe, well, maybe that's the problem. I haven't updated to the new app. But Could, you think that they would take the old app out then? No, there is a picture on, on the app I have. There's a picture of Taylor Hall doing his interview from today. Because they'll they will put visiting team they will put opponent interviews on the website. I don't yeah. I don't see a picture of Hall in an Oilers uniform. They did they did change the app recently. It, I'm surprised yours didn't up. I would check you have the latest app. Other than that, I don't know what to tell you because obviously, beyond what I do on this show, I'm pretty much useless. <laughs> well, we won't go into that any further. Uh, no, definitely on my app. It's, it's, uh, it's the old picture of Taylor Hall. Well, okay, I, I'd be curious. Keep listening. I'll ask other people to text if that's what they get. I, I don't get that on my app. So, uh, and I can ask somebody tomorrow if they've had any issues with that and maybe help you out on Friday. He's gone. Okay. Uh, 780-496-0063. That, that is uh, interesting. Rusty says, uh, read who comes out when Nurse comes back. Hmm. That's a good question. It's probably still a couple months away. Well, yeah, I mean, I could see... I could see the defense when Nurse comes back being Sekera, Benning, Clefbaum, Larson, Russell, and Nurse. I mean, maybe Davidson and Griba become the extra D if everybody's healthy by that point. Yeah, good question. Okay, just hang on. There's a text. Somebody says it's uh, it's the iPad app, not the phone with Hall. Okay. Well, I didn't know that, so I'm glad somebody told me. I can ask somebody with the Oilers tomorrow and, and see if they're aware of some sort of an issue because I'm pretty sure whether it's Hall or not, the Oilers don't feature X players on the uh, splash pages for their mobile stuff. Uh, the Big L says, uh, I realize Donald Trump would disagree, but I'm pretty sure the Russians hacked into that app. My goodness, the Big L just bringing the Trump comments tonight. <laughs> Here's uh, New Jersey head coach John Hines on Taylor Hall. Uh, Taylor's been really good. You know, I think in, in, if, if you just go through the, the process, I think in the summer he was still going through some, some shock and, and uh, trying to, you know, over... Uh, I think mentally for him to just get through the process, I know it's hard. And, you know, when you know him, he's a real emotional kid and he's, he, he works and he's competitive. And um, I think he's gone through that process. And then he's done a nice job. I mean, he's, he's come into our team. I think he's, he, he's done a nice job of being a good teammate, trying to get involved, trying to really work at the things that we want to do systematically. And, and uh, you know, I think it's, it, it continues to be a good progression, but he's working his way through it really well. He can lead in the way he plays and in the way he practices and the way he prepares himself. Those are things that are really important. And then, I, you know, I think for any player, when they come into a new situation, that before they be vocal or, or have that, um, I think, confidence to, to be able to talk in the room, it takes time. It takes, you all want to go through some battles together, some games together, and you know, he's going through that process now. All right, and of course, more on uh, Taylor Hall being back in Edmonton on 630Ched.com, and you can read about the Oilers' moves today as well. If you missed them, Laurent Brassois up. Jonas Gustafson sent down, so they swapped the goalies. Jujar Kara called up from the farm. Anton Lander goes back to Bakersfield. It is 6.45. We'll catch up with Kelly Rudy when we get back. Inside Sports on Chet.
Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Now 5-2 for the Canadians leading the Winnipeg Jets in the second period. Early in the second period, it's not even five minutes old. Still one nothing caps over the Pens. Two one Panthers. Uh, Panthers lead the Islanders. That is after the second period. Flames home to the Sharks tonight. Kelly Rudy will be covering that game on Sportsnet. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Greeting yourself. I am excellent, and it is always great to have a uh, graduate of Edmonton Minor Hockey Week on Inside Sports because it's starting up again Friday, buddy. Oh boy. I'm glad you brought it up. Favorite memories of mine, <clears throat> every single season were playing in minor hockey week. And although my teams never did all that well, it was just a real treat for a guy that uh, always had to play all of his games outdoors to finally get a chance to play in an indoor arena. And although I really enjoyed playing outdoors, and those are maybe my fondest memories, it was kind of nice, uh, you know, a little bit warmer and the toes aren't frozen while you're playing the game and all that kind of stuff. But just the excitement and the volunteers that uh, donate their time and everything, I think it's just a great uh, coming together for the game of hockey and a, a real celebration. Kind of that week, although it's, it's much longer, to a certain degree kind of reminds me of Hockey Day in Canada. And that happens to be my favorite uh, day broadcasting other than I don't do it anymore but when I did for about I don't know 15 years that was my favorite day of the year I'd look at the schedule when it came out in July or August see where hockey day in Canada is and and wait for about four months until I got to enjoy that entire environment but very much like minor hockey you know that's it's not like you're 120 years old or something like you were but you were still playing mostly outdoors as a kid hey eh? that's incredible you know what reed until i made uh they never had triple uh, a hockey when i was growing up they only had double a um until i was 16 years old i played all of my games outdoors except like i said during that one uh exciting week so um i played community league hockey my entire life until i finally made the canadian athletic club we were called inland cement um, and that was the second team I tried out for that year because I think you might know the story. I got cut all the time, whether it's <laughs> once, twice, three times uh, in September till I found out where I was going to be slotted in, um, what level I was going to play. And that year uh, I got cut by another CAC team. And I, uh, that was the real first time that I was discouraged by the game of hockey. And I kind of talked to my brother about, uh, giving it up and he he kind of said well you know what since in the meantime when you got cut and on the way home another team inland cement has called and they've asked you to try out tomorrow and i was pretty down in the dumps and i didn't want to get cut again the next day so but luckily for me he convinced me to go and again i got another break there that uh, they only had one goalie i don't know what the issue was but gord hovins was our goalie I made the team just basically out of sheer numbers. They had nobody else. But the year turned out to be really magical. We struggled a little bit to start with, ended up making a coaching change, and a lot of uh, Edmonton people in the minor hockey system might recognize this name. Al Limer was our coach. And, boy, did he turn our team around. We ended up winning the city and the provincial championship. So it turned out to be my first year ever playing rep hockey. It turned out to be a fun one. Wow, that's awesome, man. Well, it paid off for you pretty well. And uh, goaltending is something we often discuss on this show because you have such a unique perspective on it. And the Oilers here have decided to 
switch up the backup goalies. Jonas Gustafson was sent down this afternoon. Laurent Brassois is up for the farm, and man, it was tough for Gustafson. Four goals on 17 shots against Ottawa. It had been a month since he played, and his December start was six goals in a 6-5 loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. So, you know, a tough situation, you know, Kelly. Gustafson has never really caught on in the NHL like a lot of people were hoping when he was younger and and I think the Oilers kind of found themselves in a situation where even if it was a rare start they they didn't have much faith in him anymore yeah and just from a personal standpoint I don't really know him but just in watching him and and uh, following his career I think he's played 179 career games Uh, you look at his body work and it, it as you said it hasn't been fantastic but at the at the on the other side of it it's never fun when you watch what could potentially be the last guy's uh, NHL career because, like, what's the save percentage? Eight seventy something, yeah, seventy three or something. Yep. So, I mean, you could make the case that he might not ever play in the National Hockey League again, which is sad and disappointing uh, for him. Uh, he's going to have to fight awfully hard if he, there will be a return. Uh, but it's not easy when you're 32 years old, you've got to go back to the minors, uh, resurrect your career. And oftentimes when you've been around the National Hockey League game for a while as a goalie, it's even more difficult to play in the minors because you're you're used to playing with guys that for the most part really understand their position and how to play it in, in, most, in virtually every circumstance where in the minors, the guys in a large part are still learning the game and so they make a lot more mistakes so the the trust game that you play in the national hockey league doesn't exist there and it can be really difficult to get your game back uh from that respect so the flames are playing tonight oilers tomorrow flames play again on friday and then they're going to meet each other on saturday in a game that will have implications in the standings beyond where is each team going to be in the draft lottery, which will be mm-hmm. nice. Depending on what happens, Calgary could even be ahead of Edmonton or, or uh, you know, if the Flames don't do well this week, Edmonton could have a chance to really close the gap. Uh, you know, I know you watch both teams closely, uh, and I know you're very positive on the Oilers. The, yeah. the thing is, that the Flames still have some guys who were through a playoff chase and in the playoffs a couple of years ago. So I wonder if they know better how to answer the bell a little bit than the Oilers will in this situation. How are you looking ahead to Saturday night, man? Well, I think that could be a factor. Um, I do know one thing, that the team, for the most part, that the Oilers uh, face early on in the season uh, when they open the first two games, not the same team that uh, has been playing the Flames uh, the last, say, 20 games or so. This is a much better hockey team. Their coaching staff, uh, I've told you what I think of the Oilers coaching staff and the respect I have for them. Same amount of respect for uh, the Flames staff. Glenn Gullickson and his staff done an amazing job. And, and no panic. They had an opportunity early on in the season to um, showcase their leadership ability because it was awfully tough. I think there are five games under 500 at one point. There's Both their special teams were terrible, and yet the coaching staff remained strong. They looked positive. They looked as though they're um, really in charge, and I think that was a, a message that was important to send to the guys. Like, we're not panicking. We'll work through this. And I think two things to me happened that, 
really speak loudly about the strength of the coaching staff. First of all, I think it was that game on a Saturday where they fell to five games under 500. Glenn Gullickson was asked to do after hours with Scott Oak. Uh, he, he did it. Uh, he was pleasant enough. Of course, he was upset with the loss, but I think it really showed his leadership skills there. Uh, he didn't have an oh, woe is me attitude. But also, right around that same time, Reed, they started to work on special teams. Like, I mean, every single time they hit the ice, whether it's a morning skate or a, a regular practice. And their special teams right now are incredible. That's the biggest thing to me, that that's what's uh, got them back in this uh, race. I think that's going to be extremely uh, important moving forward and you'll notice a big big difference especially on the penalty kill where they just look really connected together all four guys really understand what they need to do they're much better at getting sticks in the passing lanes so it's going to be a great game goaltending has been a story for calgary obviously johnson I mean, I kind of use the phrase "save their season." I don't. Maybe I'm overstating yeah. it a little bit, but but through mid-November to early December, uh, has it gone back to Elliott being more of the guy now, or, or how do you think the Flames see their goaltending situation? No, I, I think it, they're still the best way I can put it. They're not mapping out their goaltending uh, goaltending situation month by month. That's what the original plan kind of was, and then it just went to day-to-day. And I think that's been a smarter decision because they're just they're just going to go with the guy that is playing better or they have a feel um, might be the, the man. Now, they have a busy week this week. They played Monday in Winnipeg. They're tonight at home, Friday at home, and then with you guys Saturday. So uh, I'm sure Elliot's going to get in there too. Johnson's back in tonight. And you are right. He did save their season because when they were really struggling, he got on a, a, a great role, gave them confidence, and they were able to go from there. There was a, a short stretch here again where Brian Elliott got back on track, I think a little bit more confident. Uh, he wasn't great uh, in his last start last Friday, so it's, it's hard to say when he's going to get in. I kind of suspect he'll be Friday, though, um, here at home versus New Jersey. Okay. Well, it's going to be fun. A battle of Alberta that will mean something in the standing, so I'm looking yes. forward to that. Kelly, great to talk to you, man. Great, great okay, to talk pal. to you. Have a good show tonight. Okay, and I'll talk to you next week. Right on. That is Kelly Rudy checking in. Joins us every week here on Inside Sports. He's with the NHL on Rogers, former goaltender in the league. Oilers and Devils tomorrow, game two of the Oilers' six-game stand. It is on this station, 5.30 for the face-off show, and the game will start at 7. Quick card Edmonton Minor Hockey Week ready to roll. It starts Friday. We have an incredible story coming up. Going to introduce you to Bill Ross who has been involved with the tournament for 50 years. This is his 50th year and he'll tell you why they call him Mr. Central. That's all coming up plus Kevin Carey is going to bounce over from the Global Studio. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.